All right. Hey, everybody. We're all on screen right now, so just pay attention. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is Dylan. Welcome back to The Real Boys. We are an internationally trashed podcast where we get a bunch of funny people together <laughs> to talk about movies. Uh, again, I'm Dylan. I'm hosting this week because we're talking about my third favorite movie, or at least the one I chose for this show, The Witch, or alternatively pronounced The Vitch. Uh, it's a 2015 movie written and directed by Robert Eggers uh, in his feature debut. Uh, it is about a puritanical family in 1630s New England who get exiled from their settlement and must spend, uh, they must establish a homestead in the woods where they run afoul of the witches who live there and uh, generally fall apart in a dramatic and uh, accelerated fashion. Uh, I had a $4 million budget much of which was used to hire historians and do some research to get the period settlement accurate. Uh, the homestead you see in the film was constructed using old school techniques. All the clothes was made in period accurate like uh, materials. And all the dialogue is presented in a way that people kind of spoke back then. Uh, and it's a supernatural horror movie. We've got uh, Zach, the father, the son, in a holy t-shirt, or Zach White. And uh, Michael Colby, or... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce those. Yeah, I don't carrots. either. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, the, it was the closest I could find. Yeah, that's all right. So, uh, the witch, Zach, you've seen this before. How yeah, like I saw it. Uh, I liked it more on the rewatch. I remember watching it when it first came out. Right when I first started hearing about A twenty four and the beautiful movies they were making, uh, I remember seeing it in the theater and leaving it thinking, "This is a really cool horror movie." And not really thinking about it again until right around, you know, just last like week or two. And upon the rewatch, I realized that it's not just a horror movie. And it's especially not a horror movie for people that like horror movies. Uh, it's a horror movie for film fans. Like it's actually like an intelligent horror movie that is uh, set in a period place. And uh, I think that it's beautiful the way that they've done it because it's a it's a family tale uh, set within a horror movie, and that is so cool uh, to to see it actually, and to, and, to, and to get it the second time. First time, cool horror movie about witches and and crazy goats. Uh, this time, it's like, oh wow, like okay, understanding what Anya's plight is, and trying to see that she wants this but doesn't really want to. Uh, very very cool. So uh, I'm really glad to rewatch it, and I liked it way more this time. <clears throat> and Michael, you had not seen this before, correct? I had not seen it. Um, I was expecting more of a horror horror movie. Um, I'm, I wasn't disappointed. Um, but I do think like Zach said, I do think that it would benefit from a rewatch. Yeah. Um, because once you know what's going on, um, I think you can concentrate more on what's actually happening. Um, also, you probably don't want to do like I did and watch this laying in bed when you're tired <laughs> because no. it's, it's not it, like there's not a ton of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're like if you're Chris Harvey and you're prone to napping during movies, this would definitely put you to sleep. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Chris Harvey, though, we should like just real quick shout out the rest of the real boys. Uh, the dudes that can't show up tonight because they're super important and have many, many jobs and possibly yeah. mega uh, podcast, especially feel better. Uh, but yeah, mostly <laughs> most important is our biggest celebrity feel better with all of his crazy podcasts. So you can check him out. <laughs> uh, we also have Mr. Chris Harvey, who is on the Chris and Chris show. Uh, you have uh, D- DL Smokes. Is that a, a current? name uh DL smokes from over uh at oops caught me smoking you have mr jerry and smith at the cloud chronicles uh justin wallace at uh carpool shenanigans so uh if you're watching this and you're missing those guys voices uh probably not their faces because the the best looking ones are here right now uh but if you're missing their voices yeah go check out all their their awesome shows and um yeah unfortunately they can't be here to talk about the vich but we will for them so yeah 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 so uh I Go have a it, feeling um, we're missing out on some, some like, I'm going to say normal movie fans opinions yes. of this movie, yeah. because this is, this is like definitely a movie fans movie. Like this is for someone who's into writing and cinematography mm-hmm. and sets and costumes and like, as yeah. far as a movie goes, it's kind of a dull movie. Um, it's it's not wholly conventional in how it's like delivered either. Yeah. Um, not dull. And, I don't know about dull. I, I don't yeah. know. I I, I, get, I know what you mean by dull. I know what you yeah, mean because it's not fast paced. Nobody yeah. runs anywhere. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, <laughs> there's no sudden quick camera cuts with a musical sting to represent a jump scare. It yeah. is. I describe this movie to people who've never seen it as a slow burn because the first two thirds, it's a lot of like crawling through the woods and a lot of family arguments. And then that two third mark hits Caleb comes home and the stuff starts to pile up and it ramps up in pace pretty dramatically. Yeah. But it still never quite reaches the level of, and I was comparing it in my mind to the conjuring the devil made me do it because I think that's the closest thing we've watched for the real boys to compare this to as far as like, religious horror hmm. movie hmm. and it's a period piece like it's not it's not wholly accurate to say one for one sure but as far as other movies on the real boys go i couldn't help but think of like when we watched the conjuring three and i'm sitting there and i'm like okay uh, all right it's been quiet for a little and the camera's panning and then bah! yeah or but something like that that's what's so refreshing about this style of movie is that like those jump scares are a they're so like they're they're so telegraphed. You can always see when they're about to happen, and they're so boring. And the director said that you know when he watches movies like Freddy Krueger and Jason and like those kind of movies, it's like this isn't anywhere near real. And when you think back, like you know, five hundred years ago, uh, women and men were being burned for just <laughs> being witches, which is most likely mental illness for the for the most part, or just psychedelic. Mo- they, they actually have they they made a couple different mentions of uh, psychedelics in this movie. So I'm mm-hmm. curious uh dylan how you uh like uh portray how the psychedelics are looked at in this well it's interesting about psychedelics i didn't take it so much as that but instead of um the oh what is it it's a bacteria called ergot which has been in recent times discussed as a potential reason why people in the 1600s were so visibly like so assured that the supernatural existed because it is a fungal disease that infests rye and other like cereal grains 
that will manifest hallucinations in you and paranoia and seizures. Yeah. So a lot of the classic uh, possession symptoms also align with the symptoms of this mold that had no control back in the time where they had no climate control or ability to refrigerate stuff. So a lot of this movie is portrayed up until I think the apple, when he, when he spits out the apple, that's when it turns into outright supernatural for me at least. Yeah. I mean, they definitely showed you those uh, corn funguses like uh, yeah. close to the beginning. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then also when the child uh, is stolen, uh, it's, it's specified that it's stolen for flying ointment. And yeah. when you research flying ointment, flying ointment is a hallucinogenic ointment said to have been used by witches in the practice of European witchcraft. And as least as far back as the early modern periods, <laughs> when detailed recipes for such preparations were first recorded. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just read off wikipedia um but uh but yeah so like it's obvious that like the idea of psychedelics is out there the idea of horror inside of horror inside of horror is in there so uh i I think that without the jump scares this movie is scarier yes and i will say from my opinion i do fully believe that things portrayed on screen happen to the characters as portrayed i i understand the appeal of being like it was all a hallucination and thomason's just crazy but a the director came out and said, you can interpret it how you like, but I interpret it that it's all real. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of horror movies that rely on the idea that religion is real <laughs> and you messed up. And like this one plays that very straight. Like this one plays it straight that these people are right in their belief that they are damned. Like they yeah. did it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's cool. Like listening to Roger Edgar's talk because he, he very clearly said what he wanted to show people is what he thought a Puritan's nightmare would be. And I thought that was such a cool way to look at, like, uh, to produce a horror movie. Like, what would an older religious person, like, what would their nightmares be? And I think, you know, taking that and then putting the context of every sin and then showing every sin uh, is such a, a really cool way of seeing evil from their point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely was trying to, you know, watch this movie as if everything that was happening was like, yeah, supernatural. And when you watch it that way, it's definitely very effective because the shit that happens is fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Like that baby. I mean, she closes her eyes for, you know, five <laughs> seconds, and that baby is just completely gone. Yeah, and then yeah, the I think it's like the six minute mark that something completely and inv- totally vile occurs to this family. Like, I remember seeing this in theaters, and it got to that point, and I'm like, "Are they doing this?" And then it shows them with the with the bowl, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, they they did it. She mm-hmm. ground that baby up. <laughs> Yeah, continuing the trend of real boys featuring movies where children are horrifically yeah. murdered. Yeah, yeah, uh, this, and, this and bad dads. Been... I guess bad dads, right? Very bad dad. This may yeah. have been the most horrific child death, though, because holy cow, what <laughs> they yeah. showed her with like a mortar and pestle, just like grinding this thing up, and I'm like, what the. F- are we yeah. watching <laughs> but in all fairness that is the most effective way to grind up a child i mean 
<laughs> well, yeah, back then, before they had like food processors and stuff. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a uh, it's, it's a great way to start your movie off because you immediately get the audience to know, hey, <laughs> yeah, buckle buckle <laughs> in because nobody's yeah. safe and nobody's safe from horrific horrific things happening yeah we yeah. got we got a child death and i think the next death is the dog so yes we're not fucking around in this movie this no. this is this is nobody is safe yeah and also like almost immediately you see the amazing talent of anya taylor joy like her like the the way the camera stays in her face and watching her emotions change and you're like what do you see? Like, what? I need to know what you're know. Like, what do you like every time? Like, even in the very beginning when they're in like uh the, like the trial thing, and you can watch her face like just kind of dissolve, and it's like, man, she really wanted this life. And then mm -hmm. you and know, in, in the in the the peekaboo moment, like that when she opened her eyes and that baby wasn't there, like watching her face sink, and you're like, what, what, what? what? Yeah. I, I know the baby's there. What, what else? What? But like every time you see her face and they just hold on her and she is doing such a phenomenal job throughout the entire movie. So uh, I'm glad that she got this role because uh, yeah. she's perfect in this. Yeah. yeah. And it was and her those, debut role. And those eyes were not, were not hurting anything. Like she has maybe the biggest eyes I've ever seen and she uses them like, that's where all of her yeah. acting is. Her acting is in her eyes and it's yeah, incredible. Like like you said, that was one of the first things I noticed was that scene where she's like looking around cuz this baby's just gone. And yeah. so far away, like the woods are far away. So for the amount of time that she like <laughs> how did this happen? You could see it in her face. It's a witch, man. They do it. Yeah. Yeah, they, but they uh, do it. Yeah, <laughs> but you. I mean, as far as cast goes, you've got Anya Taylor Joy as Thomason, the daughter. You've got Ralph Innocent, who I first saw on Game of Thrones in a pretty bit part in season two. Yeah, but okay, was so also he the was voice in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, he plays Dagmar Cleftjaw on the Iron okay. Islands. Yeah, I thought, uh, Theon's I thought I like recognized him. Theon's like yeah. a mentor guy that that kind of turns on Theon or something. Uh, he was uh, like a yes. he was a jerk at some point. Whatever. Yeah, they're all they're all jerks. The Iron Islanders are assholes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, he also he was uh, in a bit part in Harry Potter, and then he was most recently in The Green Knight as the Green Knight uh, oh. because he has a fantastic gravelly fantasy guy voice. And that his accent really insane. puts it across. Oh, it's so good. When he's doing his prayer towards the end where he's confessing to God, I feel it because he is putting everything into that performance. When he eats dirt, it sounds comical, mm -hmm. but you're like, yeah, okay, man, way to show your humility. <laughs> um, we've got another Game of Thrones alum, uh, Kate Dickey, who played, um, oh, I can't remember the name of her character, and I'm embarrassed by that. Um, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa Aaron, I have to I have to shower, but the bitch is so so good. Smooches all around. Oh, thank you, Nick Malati. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you've got Kate Dickey doing her best, like like wayfish trauma wife. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, she loses. You see her. She doesn't speak much until the baby gets going, and then it is just like this woman loses her her composure pretty quick, and she puts it through. Her her second best breastfeeding performance, I'll say. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure all right <laughs> well i mean the game of thrones one you've was game so of, filthy you've got you've got the nine nine-year-old in game of thrones and you have a crow yeah. in the witch yeah right um <laughs> oh that crow was <laughs> woof 
Yeah. Um, now, apparently, a little bit of trivia in the stage directions for Kate Dickey, her character, it was just Kate prays. So she looked up a lot of those prayers and recited them word for word from actual source material that was provided on set. Same with a lot of the witchcraft talk spoken by everybody. Roger, uh, Robert Eggers, I keep calling him Roger for some reason, um, went back through a bunch of like period like articles and uh, accounts and stuff like that and picked out word for word almost testimonials from people who actually watched these kind of trials that went down in New England, which is also where Caleb's rapture prayer after he's possessed comes from comes from an old manuscript um i remember seeing that in theaters and everybody in the theater got really uncomfortable during that scene yeah he said in some interview that um he would look at uh phrases that were said in that time and he would write them all down and then look at his script and then start matching the phrases and kind of <laughs> plugging in like oh this is where this phrase should go and oh this is what this child is to say at this uh th this part so uh he, he definitely did his work uh but you can also tell that he is a mega fan of the shining <laughs> which is cool uh but yeah it, it it's it's definitely in there but yeah i, I like this movie i think it's cool and there's like i said like scene to scene there's not a whole lot to talk about but it is expertly acted and it mm -hmm. is beautifully shot like you can tell it's all shot with natural light it is just it is a gorgeous movie throughout and uh yeah i, I guess i guess some people could say that it's a bit of a drag but uh, at least on a second viewing and I guess because I know like what's coming, yeah. Uh, it, the the pacing was I I felt very very nice, and uh, yeah. Once it kicked in, it was after it was gone. Yeah, that's I, I I'm not saying. I mean, again, I watched it when I was tired and I was laying down, so like I could feel the drag. But at the same time, I was, you know, I was definitely into the movie. Like I was watching the movie. I didn't think it was boring but i can definitely see somebody looking at it as a horror movie like going oh this is this is a very boring movie um, yeah but the one thing uh, now uh, maybe i'm dumb because well i am but no. uh when they're getting kicked out of when they're like on the wagon and they're leaving we see a bunch of puritans and then we see some native americans um walking yeah. into the place and then it looked like some conquistadors were closing the doors like it, was i reading that wrong i was like i don't think these three pe like types of people ever like were together but those yeah. guys closing the doors definitely had like conquistador helmets on and i was like what the <laughs> hell is cool. going on here <laughs> I wish um, that would be pretty, I mean, that's, you know, it, we've got your uh, 1600s era established cinematic universe here where well, now you're going to get conquistadors. <laughs> yeah, it was just I, two of them, but I, I don't know why, but like they stuck out to me. I was like, what, what are these guys doing? <laughs> Everyone knows conquistadors were at the first Thanksgiving, so it would have made sense. <laughs> well, <laughs> um. Well, that kind, that kind of helmet's called a Morion, a Morion, and it's generally used in Spain about this time of, about this era from the 16th to early 17th century. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of it, like a lot of helmets generally followed that kind of style. Um, okay. I don't, I have, I didn't look into whether it's historically accurate to have people there, but um, I assume they were just like the guards of your gate are yeah. out with whatever helmets you can afford and 
or or get off of somebody <laughs> or get off of somebody yeah 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 okay that th i mean that makes perfect sense i just it, i don't know why it, that particular thing stuck out to me i was like and then i didn't do any research on it afterwards <laughs> it catches me every time i watch this movie too because i'm like all right they're covered in dirt they're covered in dirt they're oh okay right they, they wear actual clothing <laughs> Colby's like, you know, honestly, if I directed The Witch, I would not have put Conquistadors in here. No, I would have put more Conquistadors oh, in Oh, more there. Conquistadors. <laughs> it turns out The Witch is actually a Spanish Conquistador. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who'd have yeah, thought? Right? The witches in this movie were so, <laughs> like... Uh, the one that you saw, like, the one that you saw before that last scene was, like, so eerie just the way she moved and like she's like smearing the baby goo all over her in the the first time you see her mm -hmm. and it's like what like <laughs> what am i watching and then that last scene with like the the coven of them i was like god <laughs> yeah well there's was, also yeah. there's also that one you witch that enchants caleb yeah. comes out in the shape of a busty woman and he Which is just like he just goes, oh, dude, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, Caleb is a little horn dog. <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing that I noticed. Two times they show him like looking at his sister's like cleavage, mm. but then also nothing ever happened with it. But they made like a big deal out of it. So as far I... as showing it, but they they never like did anything with it. Well, they do do something with it when the witch comes out in a low cut top and tempts mm -hmm. him. Okay, and then so that was that was the whole thing. It's, they, I think, I think he might have been trying to misdirect into thinking like, oh, okay, there's going to be some weird thing, and then the witch knows about his temptation and uses that sin to coax him into breaking his covenant with God, and then when he dies later on, he's reciting stuff in a very ecstatic manner. So I, I assumed it was kind of like, you know, Zach said, Zach pointed out that all the sins are present throughout this. And Caleb's fatal one is his lust just in general as a young man, which puritanical society definitely condemned. Yeah. Now, do, do you subscribe to like the sin theory in, in this movie, Dylan? I, I do, but I've never gone back and watched it with that specifically in mind. Yeah. Like off the top of your off the top of the head, like you've got you've got the lying I, I think it's less the seven deadly sins and more just like breaking the covenant of honesty with your family that God asks in that classical religious style where mm. um, Caleb uh, or we start off at, before the movie even starts, you know that the father has lied to his wife about where her cup goes because he sells it. Mm -hmm. Then he drags Caleb into his lie and causes him to lie as well. And then that causes um, Catherine to lash out against Thomason misdirectedly. And so you've got this cascade of just like sin begets sin until ultimately the family is too separated by their various infidelities to come back together when they need to. 
But but if you were to look at it at the at this as the seven deadly sins, they're still very present. I mean, you oh, yeah. have w- William like being the most prideful person. Uh, Caleb is clearly lust. Uh, Mercy is obviously wrath, and even like the name makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Jonah being sloth. Catherine being envy. Uh, Samuel being original sin. Thomas and being greed and gluttony. Uh, so it, it is all there. And you know when you when you think about what uh, I guess the the point of this, you know, they, they are scared to sin. Like that's, that is like the Puritan lifestyle. So to have them uh, fall through a nightmare where they're all, you know, diving into the deadliest of all sins, which is, uh, I think, pretty cool to when you watch it and you're looking see that's the problem that i had is that i did research before re-watching it and i was like all right let me look at it from this point of view and just to see it and from that point of view uh it, it is remarkably done and i think that's yeah. very cool michael i think i've asked you this question before which of the seven deadly sins is your favorite my favorite is lust oh, oh all I, right i really thought I'm you were gonna say lust. i thought you were gonna say the head in the box <laughs> I honestly, I would like to see. Uh, oh shit, Paltrow! No, I don't remember her name. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box, but yeah. that's you, for completely different reasons. The eighth <laughs> deadly sin is goop. Yeah, I was gonna say, go- <laughs> I would, I would love some goop in a box. <laughs> I mean, we got yeah, goop that, in a, we got goop in a mortar in this movie. Yeah, yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah uh, she's, she's a charlatan. Uh, and making other people stupider, and that's not helpful. So, yeah, put Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box, someone. Sure. Oh, yeah. Parody. That was obviously not serious. Please don't kill Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, if you do, don't say it's because of us, please. Yeah. Or or <laughs> it's it's gotta be do, on your own and we'll, do and we'll get uh, we'll get all the publicity. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sticking to what uh, I'm going to say. All right. Uh, all right. Yeah, please. You, please don't You can, you can see I stay on the show as actual opinion or advice. Yeah. You can see Dylan's <laughs> chugging down a pumpkin beer. So watch out, guys. It's not a pumpkin beer. It's a it's a Marzen, and it's, we got it way too early. Hey, whatever, pal. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, also, I mean, talk about talk about great voices though. Black Phillip, that voice is such a cool, weird voice. Uh, I don't know what a goat should sound like, um, but yeah, that was such a creepy voice. Yeah, and even like his yeah. questionings were so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole the whole thing, like everything about Black Phillip was creepy, which I think obviously was the point. But like when he's like back behind her and again the way he's moving um that's for some reason something i notice in movies a lot is less the way that people like say their lines and more the way that they're that they're moving and and like facial you know stuff and that that guy who played black philip like when he's creeping up behind her and like caressing her neck and stuff it's like super creepy <laughs> Mm. especially in horror movies like i mm-hmm. do like i like the slasher movies i like friday the 13th like i like uh nightmare on elm street movies i love the nightmare on elm street movies and it's a lot of times you can tell between who's playing like jason you know who moves the coolest and like who's the most effective slasher like michael myers does the same thing but but even in a movie like this which is definitely not a slasher movie but to have those creepy movements 
makes it way more effective than, you know, some, you know, any other 80s horror movie or like 90s horror where people are just they think it's the blood that makes a movie scary, but it's not. It's it's the atmosphere and the creepiness of who's supposed to be creepy and the innocence of the people who are supposed to be innocent. And like Tom Tomlinson in this movie, yeah. like goes from innocence to, but you have to do that right or else it's, it's just going to come up flat. Yeah. But you could also see, and, and and her progression, like like you mentioned, like they did it the right way because you know you see her in the beginning and how upset she is by losing this lifestyle, and then you see her almost constantly praying throughout the movie to no avail ever, and then at the end it's like, all right, yeah, <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right, fine. Yeah, you you can see her over by, you know, when she's next to the river and the twins come up to them. You know, you can see, you know, she's sort of joking around, but then you can kind of see her switch into, mm -hmm. eh, let me, let me go all in on this. And I think that's the begin, like, I think that's the beginning of her turn. Mm -hmm. And it, it's again, very, I don't want to say slow, but it like, it's like, well, I mean, I, takes I, I, her time. And yeah. you can see it progress. Oh. It's not like it's not like a snap turn to evil. It's a slow progression yeah. into you know embracing what she's doing. And, and you can kind you can kind of see it in the beginning because of the way that she acts towards her dad when it's his fault they leave. You can see like, all right, you're not like you're not a very good Puritan kid and uh yeah and then that I think that's kind of the precipice but you're right like what once the river happens you're like all right like she's now thinking about mm -hmm. this <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well there's definitely a thread through the movie of Thomason not belonging to this kind of culture and early on it's very subtle and then you start to see her kind of when she speaks out is when I think that kind of turn begins and I'm generally of the opinion that this movie doesn't end on a necessarily like strictly evil. note. I think there is room to interpret this as Thomason's liberation from what is otherwise a really stifling like patriarchal society. And if you happen to join up with the coven of naked flying dancers in the woods, I guess that's <laughs> and the talking goat, like that's just the start of a good story or something right yeah i mean it's true if, if you think about it uh throughout history even now but throughout history the power of like the woman or the idea of the power of woman has always been terrifying to not only men but also women like women don't want to be powerful in a male dominated society because it just means more shit for them so when you look at like how uh the power has been for a woman throughout history i think this also kind of shows that you know like uh people don't really want that power uh men do not want to be around women with power they don't understand it they do not like it uh so and then watching her i guess choose to be more powerful and to and to accept that uh was also pretty cool and knowing that um uh you know edgers he he was thinking about um the idea of 
power of women while making this was really, really interesting too. So uh, I'm going to go back and look at some of his work because I know he did a couple of short films before this. And then obviously we were talking, I think, before the show came on um, that uh, The Lighthouse, which is a, a gorgeous movie that is built a lot about emotion. Um, so yeah, but, I, I, I... Oh, go ahead. I, I mean, I we're going a little off topic here, but about The Lighthouse, I remember watching it and I went in with the thought of The Witch being about the feminine. And I'm watching The Lighthouse, and I know it's about two guys trapped on an island. And as that movie go keeps going, I'm like, this movie is Edgers applying masculinity to a horror movie. And it's a very different tone than The Witch. The Witch is long and drawn out and kind of pondering or ponderous. And The Lighthouse is manic and crazy and really tense. And that's I think that's all I'm going to say about it, because I think Michael should go see The Lighthouse. Frank. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, ha but, I yeah. have all week. Um, I've already yeah. watched all the stuff I need to for the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, like back, back in, I think, like the 1600s, you know, when it was uh, Puritan teachings, uh, uh, the, the, the women were separated from uh, the, the families. Uh, the little girls were separated from the moms because they thought they'd be more subservient and better Puritans if they were by themselves. Women had different schoolings. Uh, they were taught to be different than men on purpose because, you know, uh, of the power dynamic so uh having that in in the back of uh the director and the writer's mind when making a horror movie set in this time frame i think is so interesting i think it's why i feel that this movie is, is really really good especially on the second viewing uh but dylan when you saw this the first time uh what, what was that like for you because this is like a <laughs> six year a six-year-old movie right it came out in 20 it was in theaters in march 2016 yeah and I appreciate the setup, Zach, because I have a story about going to see this movie in theaters that I like to tell. Um, so back in 2016, I was actually working on my blog. I actually published stuff on there regularly, and it's been wallowing a little bit recently, as they always do eventually. And I was doing a series on bad movies, and I was going to go see Gods of Egypt because I saw the trailers, and it looked like such trash. And I'm like, mm -hmm. cool, I'm going to go watch Gods of Egypt, write a little blog post on it. It'll get 40 hits. It'll be great. I had a friend at the time who was part of the music festival scene in Michigan. This is back in Michigan when I lived in Ann Arbor, and he used to go to Electric Forest a lot, which is well known for having a pretty drug-heavy population. No judgment. And he made his own marijuana edibles. And because he was so tall, he was seven feet tall, and he was a longtime festival goer, he made his cookies with extract that would reach somewhere in the realm of 300 milligrams of cookie, which for anyone who isn't familiar is way more than most people recommend when you take an edible. Uh, so I get to the theater. I was like, I'm going to go to the three o'clock show. Why not? I take the edible in my car. I have an hour to kick in. I go look at the show times. Gods of Egypt is only showing in 3d for the next two and a half hours. I'm not interested. I don't like 3d movies in theaters. <laughs> I forget that I've taken the edible. I'm like, I'm here at the theater. What else am I going to watch? <laughs> oh, the witch is showing. I'm going to watch the witch instead. I sit down. I'm watching it. It's great. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. And I'm starting to feel real creeped out. And I'm like, all right. And then it gets to do about the scene where Caleb crawls into the woods and things get increasingly dark and crowded. And he sees the witch and he shows up and he's possessed. And that's when it really kicks in. And I'm like, oh, no. Everything my grandparents told me was right. <laughs> um, and I had a fantastic time. And I was the only one in the theater at the time who really bought into the movie. I remember after the... Uh, fever dream sequence with the crow i heard someone behind me in the audience go okay <laughs> and i'm like that's cool i'm sitting here terrified 
Mm. Um, I saw it again sober. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I liked it just as much, but I had a, I had an easier time comprehending the filming of it as opposed to just getting immersed in the story. Um, And I liked it well enough that I would rewatch it when it was on various streaming services. I bought it on Blu-ray. Like I really, I really do like this film um, quite a bit. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's <laughs> what, a, what a great story! And I was just—I didn't—I I didn't want to interject, but the the kind of people that say like, uh, "Okay," in a theater when something like that, those people probably like Forrest Gump or Boondock Saints. So, uh, yeah, that's fine. Aww. And honestly, they're yeah. probably not cinephiles. That's all I'm saying. That's the reason that I don't like to go see movies at the movie theater anymore is because of people like that, like. The last time I remember going to see Drag Me to Hell in the theater, and that movie is awesome. And it has one of the best, like, horror movie endings. Yeah. And all I remember is after the ending of that, like, a group of people stood up and they were so angry about the end of drag me to hell they're like i can't believe she got dragged to hell you know she did all this stuff and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you people have you never seen a sam raimi movie it was not going to end well <laughs> do, do you think somebody on friday is gonna be like wait i, I didn't really think john was gonna die at the end <laughs> <laughs> well john doesn't die at the end spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Right, yeah, the so witch, yeah. man. The only other note I have is like another production trivia bit where the composer Mark Corvin specifically chose not to use electronic instruments uh, and did not use like traditional harmony or melody in the score. He used like so I looked these instruments up because they give them by name. They are called the nickel harpa, which is like a it's like a combination of like a sitar and like a violin. It's this massive chunky Swedish instrument with like 18 strings and a whole bunch of like tuning knobs and stuff and a water phone, which is a uh, brass instrument specifically designed. Are, are we getting our ukuleles out? No. Does it look sort of like this? Oh, whoa. Uh, kind of, kind <laughs> of. Because I had this out because one of the things that I wanted to do, like, I was expecting, for some reason, an, an entrance. I actually have my violin out as well. Oh. Because w- one of the things that, that bothered me a couple times in this movie was how loud some of the sound effects were while people were talking. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I got my... Uh, Michael, if you want to play it, music, play music. I tuned it to a horrible so that I could talk while I was making these sound effects. <laughs> Oh, that's so scary. Because I could not. There is a ghost behind you, sir. Are are you ready? Are you ready to live a life of decadence? There were points where I could not understand, especially him, like the, the dad, because there were sound effects in the background and his voice is like hard to understand to begin with because it's so low and, and growly. That I was like, ah. <laughs> like I wish, I, like I almost turned the the subtitles yeah. on so that I knew what he was saying, which I might do the next time I watch this because I'm definitely yeah. gonna watch this again. Because when I was done with it, I was like, that was really good, but 
it it needs a rewatch. Like it definitely yeah. needs to be watched another couple times. And it like it was it's like ninety three minutes long. It's yeah. it's like perfect horror movie length. Um, a little bit shorter than you expect this type of movie to be, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it it could have like I could have used a couple extra minutes in the beginning to to more sort out what exactly he did but again mm-hmm. that you know maybe on the rewatch it would be like it I, I, it really doesn't matter what he did yeah well yeah that, that's true also the weird thing is I, I was while you guys were speaking i was looking at uh all, all the movies that the real boys are reviewing and interesting enough there's only like three and a half uh horror movies on our top five list which is what's that that's like uh 40 movies out of 40 movies we have like three i'm I'm not really counting parasite as a horror movie but i'll give it a half of a half of a dot for a horror but you really have uh what we have this one we had a quiet place and then i think uh michael you're number one which i'm not sure we're going to talk about right now uh but that one is also a horror movie i think that's the only horror movies the hills have eyes that's more a horror movie than a quiet place quiet place yeah. is an alien alien thriller like, yeah, yeah that's fair but still yeah. three and a half four, four horror movies out of top fives yeah yeah there would guess... have been more there would have been more on there um my number five if i would have <laughs> if i would have watched uh clockwork orange uh more recently than 15 years ago it wouldn't have been on my top five it wouldn't be in my top 50 um mm. i renounce that movie from my list <laughs> but it, right. there would have been a horror movie in in that pl- like in that place it probably yep. would have been like evil dead 2 okay because that's like one of my most fun movies like that's something that i'll go back to and watch it's like weirdly comforting to me but but yeah i'm i'm also surprised that the lack of horror movies especially in the three of our <laughs> This is the kind of horror movie I like. I like I like horror movies that prey on your like. I do like religious horror movies because because yeah. I, I grew up in a religious setting, and so the idea that some of that might be true like gets me a little bit. Um, and otherwise, I like horror movies that take place in like a period setting. I think which that's more effective. Which- and that doesn't happen very often. No. And the cool thing about this movie is, you know, he had 23 days to film this entire movie, which is super cool. And to get that, like that hut, that uh, uh, building thing, the way that it's supposed to be, the he actually, yeah. yeah, he actually hired people that did work uh, that is that period accurate that only used tools that were that period accurate on land that could have been that period accurate so like he really wanted to make sure that everything about this was as creepy but also like realistic as possible and i think it works like you never look at this movie and say this is a movie you know like you're you're in all the time like the the lighting and like the cinematography is so gorgeous that the second this thing starts you forget that you're watching a movie and you're like what is up with her eyeballs? <laughs> Why is she not Frodo Baggins? <laughs> yeah, there's there is a shot in the movie that it like there's the woods sort of down in the bottom corners, and then it's just the full moon. Big and the shot is so beautiful that I've been trying to think of what comes up into the shot the entire time we've been talking about this, and all I can see is the moon and the woods. I have no idea is it because is it early I, on when the witch flies 
out of, out from the camera. There is definitely flying involved. Okay. I didn't know if it was like yeah. a, like a bird or or if it was an actual yeah. witch, but like yeah, every shot it's it's one of those movies where everything is framed, you know, just perfectly. Yeah, it's like a Renaissance painting the way that these the way that these yeah. shots are framed. And dude, this thing won some awards too. Mm -hmm. It will obviously uh, won best director uh, at the Sundance Film Festival. Was also nominated for the Grand Jury Prize at this at uh, Sundance in 20, uh, 2015. Like mm -hmm. this thing has won. It's won like twenty some awards and was nominated for like forty. This thing is just expertly crafted, and to have this as your starting movie is so beautiful like it's just so like no one makes this movie as their first movie you know like this is a, a classic second movie but this like, is a passion project of the guy like this was his, a passion project of his and he really went to the effort to make sure this was made with intention yeah but i mean to do everything that he did with such a little bit of money and to do it so well done like even even the aspect ratio if if, if you guys didn't notice the aspect the aspect ratio i think is like uh 166 one which is classic like european style that no one does anymore uh it is the weirdest like aspect ratio and i'm like why is any of this possible but it, it all worked and it's just it's gorgeous, dude, and, and I'm really glad that you brought this movie back up because I don't know if I would have revisited it uh, intentionally, at least this soon. And, and I'm glad because it's 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 better than I remember to be. Yeah, I definitely wanted to watch it. It was definitely on my radar, but I never saw it, and I'm glad I was forced to watch it because it like I really did enjoy it. And like I said, on you know maybe on a second or third watch. Um, I might even go up from where I am now <laughs> and uh, and that's pretty high but but yeah at at like right at an hour and a half and for everything that happens to happen in that small span of time is kind of incredible. There are very few people who can effectively use every second of their 90 minutes to make a movie yeah. that works like this one does. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, Dylan, do do you know who the voice of uh, Black Philip was? Uh, his name is like Daniel Mori. He he changed his name, but he's been on the Expanse as some bit characters. I know that. I know. Much. I was I was gonna yeah. make that up. He, he was he's a <laughs> yeah. uh, tattered belter and and black, black sky, sky leader. Some, yeah, yeah. And, and Expanse. I'm like <laughs> his face is crazy. Like he has. He a looks very face. different in the yeah, Expanse, so but that's because he's all he's all belter tatted. Like, yeah, yeah yeah i mean i mean even his face like a normal like he's a, yeah. a gorgeous face yeah. uh but yeah I, I can't voice like when yeah. satan shows up at the end of this it's like an appropriate you know satan shows up in a lot of movies but every once in a while it's too big and bombastic this one it felt like i can believe that this dude tempts people into giving up their soul in exchange for yeah. stuff he feels Absolutely. like he's like a bargain maker yeah, yeah. and it was like you could definitely tell that that was a beautiful man that that was back behind him, but he was so like blurred. He was yeah. like blurred behind her, and it was like, uh, but again, very effective. Like it did exactly because it was focused on her while he was talking to her, and he's in the background, and it it showed that he wasn't he wasn't the major part of what was going on. This was. This was her. She was she wasn't giving in. She was choosing 
what she was about to do. Mm-hmm. And oh. again, very few people can can do that with just facial acting and the way that the shot is framed. But I mean, you knew exactly what was happening while it was happening. Did you guys notice when he started walking as a human, one foot was a goat hoof and one was the boot? Like it shifts as he moves across the camera. Oh, just cool. a little bit, just a little bit of detail, just like to really properly outline, like this dude is the goat straight up. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Expertly done. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't like you know even beforehand. I was like, I'm not sure how long this the, the show is going to be because this movie's so like either well done or uh, you know just like it perfectly Sparse. put in there. Whether you like it or not, like it, it it makes sense, you know. And not not saying anybody doesn't like it, but um, like there's not a whole lot to talk about, you know. But yeah. it it is so beautiful, you know. It is it is an elegant horror movie, and it's yeah. and it's yeah. it's weird to say that. And sparse is definitely the way that I would put it because, you know, in between the, the setup parts, there's, there's only a little bit of horror scattered in, even at the end where it does pick up the pace, there's not that much horror in there, but when the horror hits that horror fucking hits. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah the, I, I mean, this is a masterful movie. Um, I almost wish that we could have one of these other guys, like one of these casual movie fans <laughs> yeah. on the show, because I would like to know what what they thought of it. And we're, I don't think we're getting, you know, a, we, a are, we are movie by, fans. <laughs> we are weighing the, we are waiting the discussion towards one end of the scale. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and very clearly, if, if someone yeah. were to say, like, Zach, what kind of horror movie would you like to see? I'm like, oh, clear, clearly, it'd yeah. be The Witch. Like, I'm, I'm not going to watch, you know, other stuff. But, uh, yeah, th- this movie is, is crafted for someone like a me, I think. Um, yeah. But, but all, I mean, it, it is it's not the most accessible movie. I don't think it's aggressively un, you know, accessible. Um, but I can see I can see an average moviegoer kind of trailing off. I think the yeah, biggest this, barrier to entry is the dialect. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, honestly, but, you, you, you check out Anya's acting, and it is—you have to be in for that, for the sound, for like the lighting, like you know. But whatever. The, yeah. And really, the because I again, I watched this movie. Um, the the TV was far away. I have t- tinnitus, uh, so I have a hard time hearing when there's like background noise and the air conditioner was going on right next to me, the guy has that, that voice. So I was missing a lot of the dialogue, but I didn't miss what was going on. Yeah. So the dialect, I don't think is a problem unless you're actively making it a problem, but you don't need to, to hear every single word that they say to know what's going on Mm -hmm. because they're, they're letting you know what's going on without the words, which again, I think is important because that could be, you know, in the hands of someone who didn't know what they were doing with it, that could have been a barrier to entry, but, but I don't really think it, it was in this particular movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the people that don't really like foreign movies because of subtitles, I'll say those are probably uh, a good demographic. This movie is not designed for. 
yeah this what, is... wait what what are we watching next what's 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 uh what's friday uh, friday friday is john dies at the end monday is dances with wolves Oof. oh man whose movie is that that's just justin wallace if justin wallace dances can't make, with wolves can we change <laughs> can we put dances with wolves off if sure. Justin, if we'll Justin Wallace doesn't show up, we can just talk about any movie with the word wolf or wolves in it. <laughs> we can talk about Raised by Wolves, possibly the most like disappointing buildup on TV in the last like 10 years. Yeah, but that's a beautiful start to a show. Though, so it's a great cool. first five episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give it, you that. Ugh. Anyway, we we're can, not talking about we, dance. We're not talking about Raised by Wolves. <laughs> no, because we're it, probably going to talk about Wolf starring Jack Nicholson. Whoa. we don't want to Wolf talk Man. about that either <laughs> yeah no not uh, that but, but you right. want to talk about a movie like in completely the opposite direction of what we watched today uh the witch to john dies at the end is maybe the biggest gap in sort of the same genre because i just watched john dies at the end i just finished it before we started recording and it is this big, dumb, like special effects heavy, unlikable character. <laughs> like it is at the complete opposite end of, right. of what we watched. For never seen it. Never read the book. Could could we the say that great. Dances with Wolves is also sparse? <laughs> is that is that if sparse? We're being very nice, we can say Dances with Wolves is sparse. Seriously. Yeah, like uh, Dance with Wolves is like trying to watch uh what what what's uh, uh um oh the stand it's like it's like the stand you're like <laughs> I gotta take a vacation to digest this thing what is happening here yeah I'm going to start Dances with Wolves tomorrow and maybe watch wait where where's 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 Dance with Wolves streaming can where, if people want to um, watch this and, and chat with us uh let me look uh, it up real fast uh I'll look this up Netflix. while you're. Oh, it's on that. Okay. Oh, yeah, Perfect. yeah, cool. But I, I mean, it sounds like we're doing kind of outros, reels, and stuff like that. Might yeah. as well. We, yeah, we yeah. gotta get out of here. We can't. Well, we yeah. talked about the movie. Yeah. So we, I mean, uh, we talked about the movie way more than we've recently been talking about the movies. I mean, we kind of keep I saying also, that. <laughs> I also was thinking um, that this was going to be a short one because it is sparse. But there's a uh, like once you start talking about it, there's a lot to talk about in this yeah. movie. It's it's really yeah. really good yeah and the thing is like the the, the sparseness is really just the storyline everything else is really just top shelf work so uh yeah and, and i agree and, and i i didn't know how much i liked it until i really just started talking about it again so uh yeah cool um so if I, i'm shaping. you need to be more specific man <laughs> We, listen, like we've got an entire YouTube channel dedicated to telling us that tattoos and beards are evil or in hats. That's it. <laughs> oh, yeah, hats, yeah. about who needs to shave. Maybe all of us. I, don't know. I also, just what? shaved my neck today. So yeah, mine, mine's <laughs> fine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't see any neck beard. Maybe he meant I, the neck beard on the inside. Maybe he meant just beard beard. <laughs> Shave yeah. your beards, gentlemen. Oh, God, we all show up clean shaven next week? You, you can't yeah, talk about Puritan not. films with this much hair on your face, guys. <laughs> God is also watching. Oh, all right. I, I, I'm going to go so, first. Uh, yeah, you go first, Zach. Give us uh, your reels and where we can find you. Yeah, so. And whatever uh, you want. 
I'm going to say uh, 8.5 reels. Uh, I, I think this movie is masterful done. Uh, it's not my genre of movie, which is why it doesn't get a higher number out of me. But for this style, it is as good as I think it can get. So, yeah, I'm going to stick it to 8.5. Uh, you can see me, uh, the Beard Gang. Uh, yeah, well, sure. uh, Beard Gang ish, plus uh, ish, our, beard, plus, our, yeah. our beard named Dylan. <laughs> 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 oh, that's the kindest uh, thing anyone said to me today. Oh, well, I said something nice earlier, I think. Uh, I anyway, so uh, yeah, you can find me uh, saying a lot of words to Dylan Wright at somenobodies.com, uh, doing things like Silicon Angels, uh, twitching up stream on Tuesdays, uh, podcast, podcast, a podcast show where we review very bad uh, podcasts uh, for you guys. So you don't have to listen to them. Uh, also, you can see us on Wednesdays. Where we have a new show called No Time to Binge, where we watch just the first episode and just the last episode and try to figure out where all the junk in the middle is um but yeah before i get out of here please if you're if you're paying attention to us and you like what we're doing make sure you go check out jerry and smith uh over at cloud chronicles uh justin wallace uh jerry i'm sorry jerry and blaze at cloud chronicles uh dl smokes over oops caught me smoking uh you have justin wallace at uh carpool shenanigans you have phil better at uh a, a beaver me another slice uh you have <laughs> <laughs> not sure where that came from uh and you also have chris harvey at uh most atlantic uh bars and uh the chris and chris show uh but yeah whatever i'll talk to you guys later bye yeah um uh, this movie i would suggest like if you like um like the the babadook and like yeah. the blair witch project and atmosphere yeah more atmospheric and less jump scary horror movies i would say that those were the two more mainstream movies that i sort of compared this to um it's a little <laughs> it's a little we normally bit, have uh, eight people on the show yeah so there's, there's really sparse today yeah um but yeah those are the two that i would if you like those you'll probably like this as well because you have better taste than a lot of um horror fans uh yeah, so I'm Michael Colby. I got uh, what the hell do I have? Generation Clash with my kid. Um, I got Jack Billings Presents. I got uh, I love this terrible game. I'm also on No Time to Binge and this. And then I got something that I'm writing right now. Um, it's a secret project. Dylan and uh, Zach are both going to be involved in that, whether they like it or not. And uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, I'm going to give this movie an eight. Because I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was it was a perfect length for what it what it needed to do, and uh, great movie, beautiful to look at, and uh, but you do have to pay attention to it. It's definitely not a background movie, which which we plug stuff as a lot, but this is not one of those. All right, mm -hmm. bye. All right. <laughs> and finally, uh, my name is Dylan. You can find me at all the stuff Zach said. I'm on a whole bunch of stuff. I write some stuff. I also write uh, monthly articles for Apostrophe's digital magazine. You can find that from Venom Studios. It's mostly about podcasting, but if you want general writing advice, you can generally get something useful from it. I'm giving this movie a 9 out of 10. Uh, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's a really fun watch, and I really enjoy all the artistry that went into it. So with those three ratings put together out of 30, that gives us about an average 8.5 reels, which is pretty big. Secret project, let me guess. Sweet jam sessions with them drums from the 60s. Rock on, you savage. <coughs> yeah, and uh, shout out to Philly Flip Flipper. Philly Flipper.
There's only one P in there, so I'm going to pronounce it Flyper. Uh, shout out to him for all the comments. Uh, listen to The Real Boys Monday, Friday. You know where to find us. This Friday, we're talking about John Dies at the end. Next Monday, we are probably talking about uh, the miniseries Dances with Wolves. Uh, we're fortunate enough to have a version that has no commercial, so it's only three hours long. But uh, tune in then for what we're doing, and uh, I think I covered everything. If not, they'll yell at me at private chat after the show. Bye. Bye.